views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hello, this is Maria Monti. I am not a doctor, nor do I claim to give medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. These segments will be covering medical information as quoted from medical doctors and other holistic practitioners in their published works, where references can be provided upon request. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, you heard the big announcement earlier, and that is ding, 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 ding. Yep. Medicare open enrollment started in October, October 15th. And we have a time that we can talk to you about it, get you information, get you fired up, engaged and get you enrolled. Today, joining me here is Seema Verma, who is administrator for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And today, we're going to take you on a little journey to talk about what Medicare open enrollment is, uh, what does it mean to begin, when does it end, and what you should know about what you should know for all the days in between. Seema, great to have you. Thanks for having me. Um, So uh, you heard me ring the bell. Uh, for October 15th. And if people are anything a little bit like me, they may wait until the very last moment and then run around trying to figure out what to do, how to do it. And so we do not want that. So that's why we're talking with you today. Um, Let's talk about what Medicare and open enrollment is, but what this, what it is to be, before we even talk about when it begins or when it ends, I think it's important to tell what it is, and why there is this lengthy period for people, because that's important. Sure. Well, as you know, there are two choices uh, for the Medicare beneficiary enrollment. They can think about whether they want to participate in the traditional program or if they want to participate in Medicare Advantage. And essentially, the difference between the two is that Medicare Advantage is run by private health plans, And it puts all of the pieces of Medicare together. So you have your prescription drug benefits, you have your inpatient and your doctor's office visits, everything sort of all wrapped together in one plan um, versus the traditional program where individuals may feel like they need to have an additional policy, a Medigap policy to help them with out-of-pocket expenses, and they'd have to select that separately. And they would also have to think about whether they wanted prescription drug benefit plan as well. So it's almost like thinking, making three different choices, whereas in Medicare Advantage, they have the opportunity to buy just one plan that wraps everything all together. So one of the things that we've done this year. Yeah, please go ahead. I want you to keep going. Okay. Well, well, one of the things we're really excited about this year is because I think that's where the decision starts. Do I want to participate in Medicare Advantage or do I want to be in the traditional program? And we know that that's a very important decision for our beneficiaries. And so this year, for the very first time, we have some new tools that help people through that decision. 
you answer five basic questions, where you live, your health status, and some of your health care needs. And then it actually provides a cost calculator. So you can see the difference in cost between participating in Medicare Advantage and the traditional program. So I think that's a, an exciting development that we have, um, and this will help support our beneficiaries through that decision-making process. And then once they've made that decision and decided, hey, I want to participate in Medicare Advantage, then we've got our plan finder tools um, where they can make a, you know, they can look at all the plans that are available. And this year we're excited because we have over 600 new plans to pick from, so they'll have even more choice. And they can look at the different plans. They can put in the types of medications that they're using. And uh, the plan finder tool will identify some different options for them. Um, and it also allows them to compare quality and cost. So there's a lot of exciting uh, new tools and opportunities for beneficiaries to, to make that decision. And I think the last thing I would say in terms of making this decision, we're also very excited because um, our rates have gone down. So within Medicare Advantage, um, our beneficiaries are going to see lower priced plans this year. So we think that that's really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And it's also exciting because one of the things that I, I, I love that you just said, Seema, is that when we're looking at Medicare, there are people that have already signed up and they're thinking, oh, I don't have anything to do. However, uh, a lifestyle changes, a medical situation changes. And uh, this is a message for everyone that is in the eligibility range of this that can take a look and say, wait a minute, you know, maybe I need to rework this. Maybe I need to relook this. But here's the thing that I've learned from our listeners since I started to do these interviews. A lot of folks don't believe that they can change once they've enrolled. And even if you have supplemental, folks are kind of like, well, wait a minute, I already signed up for that. That is my one time to figure it out. And I'm not sure what else I can do. Well, that is not true at all. And right. that's what open enrollment is all about. That's Thank you. what open enrollment is all about. This is the opportunity for them to make changes in yes. their plans. They, if they're on a Medicare Advantage plan today, this is an opportunity for them to check out what's new. Um, and that's the beauty of the program, right? Because these plans are competing for beneficiaries. And so they're competing on quality. They're competing on cost. And again, another thing I'd like to highlight is that uh, this year, Medicare Advantage plans are also offering new supplemental benefits. And as you know, Medicare Advantage in the past um, has traditionally provided things like vision and dental, things that you couldn't get in the regular Medicare program. But now they're um, able to provide even more benefits. Wow. And the idea here is to think about you know, how we can keep people healthy and in their homes and independent and out of the hospital and out of the doctor's office. And what we find is that, you know, sometimes it takes something that's very little. They just need a ride to the doctor's office or they need some in-home care, um, some support services, a ramp inside their home. And so we're, for the very first time, under the president's leadership, um, allowing for the supplemental benefits to be provided in Medicare Advantage. So, this is, you know, this is just starting this year. We have about over 200 plans that are going to be offering these supplemental benefits. And over time, I think we expect that this is really going to expand and should be very attractive to our beneficiaries that may have 
more complex needs. Yeah, and I was going to ask you what the major changes are, but you did a beautiful job of that. I mean, you know, in your role, where you are, uh, and your lifetime experience in public health, um, I, I would have to say that this has got to be one of the most exciting and pivotal points for you in your life. I mean, I'm not discounting what you did for the Medicaid program in Indiana, but I, I am saying that this new information here is counterintuitive to what the public thinks right now. And without you doing this interview, nobody is going to know this. <laughs> no, I well, know, I I know I'm oversimplifying We're really excited it. about it. And, well, no, I appreciate that. I mean, I think this, this really has to do a lot with the president's leadership. I think he's been very clear that he supports the Medicare program. He wants to strengthen it. And that's exactly what we've been focused on since we've been in office is, you know, how do we make this program stronger for seniors and put patients first? I always tell my team, you know, it's all everything that we do, we should be thinking about how does this affect the beneficiary? Yeah. And we need to do whatever we can to increase access and to make sure that we are providing high quality health care services. I mean, this is a program that people um, have paid into their entire lives. And we want to make sure that we are delivering on the promise. Yeah. I mean, I think there are three things that I took away in preparation for today. Uh, one is open enrollment is clearly open for everybody. That's number one message that I want to share with our listeners. Mm -hmm. Number two, I want to also mention and reiterate what you said is that, you know, the Part D prescription drug plan is perhaps the lowest we've seen in five or six years, I think. I don't mm -hmm. have the exact information, but I'm pretty close, I bet. Um, and, and then the no, last... No, that's exactly is it. Is it right? Okay, okay. Uh, and then the last thing, which I want you to really talk about is, uh, and I want to get back to it again, is uh, what resources are available and for folks that are listening, how do they get help in their local community, right? Because a lot of times they hear this show and they're like, that sounds great, Pat. Where can I go, though? And, you know, if I don't understand this, how do I get some help? Well, I think a couple of things. You're, you're exactly right. You know, this year uh, they have more choices, lower costs, and the new supplemental benefits. And if they need help, there's a few things, a few places that they can go for help. One, um, call our 1-800-MEDICARE phone number. They can also go online, but to your point, a lot of folks, you know, like to have some um, some help on the local level and want to work directly with a person. And what they can do is they can contact our statewide health insurance benefit advisors. And there's an 800 number, 800-562-6900. And there's actually folks on the ground that are willing to sit down with them and work through some of the tools that we have online and help them through uh, make, finding a plan that's going to work best for them. But, you know, in any case, even if they um, you didn't catch that phone number, just call our 1-800-MEDICARE phone number, and, that, and they can direct you to some of those local resources. And uh, I'd like to also, you, you referenced uh, tools that are available or resources. What is the website for folks that are thinking, okay, where do I go? How do I look? I want to do this comparison. I want that, I want that tool. I want that tool that Seema talked about. Well, all of that can be found on our Medicare.gov website. You can find the calculator tool that will let you compare between regular Medicare and Medicare Advantage. And then you can also uh, have access to Plan Finder, which allows you to compare plans on cost and quality. Um, if you're looking at Part D plans for your prescription drug coverage, you can put in the drugs that you're taking and you can, again, see what choices are available and how much your premium will be. 
as well as uh, your out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, one of the questions that came up uh, after the last interview that I did with folks uh, on this has to do with, believe it or not, this is on the minds of people, fitness and health. Um, the, the, you know, you would think that, or there is a perception that, you know, when when folks start to get into the more seasoned years, as I like to call it, because I'm better now than I've ever been, I'm just saying right there, uh, that, <laughs> uh, and by the way, I play, uh, near professional table tennis. And so we're all like thinking, wait a minute, I want to be, I want to be this absolutely phenomenal seasoned person and strong and powerful. So people are now asking questions about fitness, about health. Can you talk a bit about that or have I jumped the gun a bit? No, I, I think that what you're bringing up is sort of a global issue about health. And it's yeah. a lot more than just going to your doctor's office and saying, here's, you know, here's what's going on. And they give you a prescription, right? Ugh, what we're yeah. starting to understand about health is that it's, it's way more, it's just a lot more holistic, right? It has yeah. a lot to do with nutrition and fitness and your lifestyle, and that that's going to have a very big impact on your overall um, health and your healthcare experience. And I think as we look, you know, from a broad perspective about lowering healthcare costs, we know that a lot of that work is really up to individuals and, you know, their ability to maintain healthy lifestyles. And so, you know, we're hopeful that some of the things in the Medicare program help our beneficiaries maintain healthy lifestyles. And that's why I think some of the advantages um, in terms of our Medicare Advantage plan, because I think that the plans are focused on that. You know, my parents are, are on the program and so are my in-laws. And, you know, they talk about how they'll get some reminders to go get their preventative care, reminder to go get their flu shot. And they have somebody that's managing their whole health care picture. So I think those are some of the exciting things that we are trying to offer in the Medicare program because we understand that it's not just, you know, what goes on in the doctor's office, but it's really that whole picture of their health. And some of the new supplemental benefits that mm -hmm. we're offering really get to that issue. Um, it recognizes that, you know, some people may need some help um, in terms of getting nutritious meal, meals. And so wow. it makes sense to, to provide meal service because that may help that person stay out of the hospital. Um, so those are the kinds of things that we're, we're looking at, and that's really the purpose um, of providing those supplemental benefits. Well, first of all, let me thank you for getting this message out here, and let me thank you for bringing a very, very powerful message that you are listening. Uh, you are listening and that the president is listening to people uh, because we all know, especially in the work that I do, is that we are moving into an age where our elderly in this country are seen as invisible, and your message today is so not that. It's so not that. Yes. Thank you so much. And one last it's question, website again. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. What, could you give us your website again, please? And please keep taking this out there. Sure. So people can get information about Medicare on the Medicare.gov website. And they can also contact us at one 800 Medicare. And those uh, are the two places to get help and support. You, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for taking time for us today. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our good news segment. 
you know, I, I don't know if you all have been sort of paying attention to what's going on in our pop culture right now, but certainly we are getting more information, more movies, more television series that have to do with astronauts, astro travel, having to do with what rockets may or may not be about. But the bottom line is it's about science. And so today, I'm really thrilled to have Ray Currents joining me here today, Senior Vice President, Corporate Affairs of Bayer. Ray, look, I know that you know this, right? So I'm kind of... I'm kind of repeating myself, but all of a sudden it seems like we are talking more about rockets, more about what's going on in the sciences, more engagement, more creative ways to get our kids engaged. What do you think that's about? Well, Dr. Pat, I, I think as you and I both know, I think we've discussed in the past, I mean, the interest in STEM education, thankfully, is growing. While we do have a, a, a challenge here in this great nation of ours where we don't have enough STEM graduates to fill those engineering jobs, those scientific jobs, we are seeing definitely an influx of, of greater interest. I think a lot of it has to do with companies not just like Bayer, but other corporations and institutions, both academic and other, working together to try and find a solution. And so, you know, we're proud to be a part of it. We, we launched our Making Science Make Sense program 20 plus years ago, which is based on getting K through 12 kids more interested in STEM. We're seeing some real success based on, on the roots of, of those efforts. But I think the opportunity for us here is to work together with like-minded organizations, which is what we're doing here with the Alka Rocket Challenge. And for our listeners who may not understand what STEM stands for, give us a quick rundown. Sure. STEM, STEM is the area of science, technology, engineering, and math. It is the sciences overall. And it's the abilities that we're looking for more innovators. We're looking for people who can help create either be that next medicine or that next application that is going to help make our lives easier, help us live longer and healthier lives. And the, the cause of what we're looking at here is that as, as technology grows, we need more folks to help continue to advance and, and find the next level of innovation. And that happens at some very early ages. And so that's why, you know, Bayer as a science-based company has been so committed to STEM for so many years. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was a couple of days ago, I'm trying to keep track of time here, that we shot a rocket off to Mercury, I think it is. Um, and so the buzzwords was, oh, that's kind of cool. But the follow-up was, what, five years to get information back? And I think that what we're seeing is a real hunger for what makes sense in the sciences, a real hunger to see more and more results. So the question is, what are you all doing to really elevate and engage here with the challenge? Well, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. Powell, we started this program about 20 plus years ago, Making Science Make Sense. And you can, you can find a lot of information on the exact website, makingsciencemakesense.com. It's a K through 12 education-based initiative led by Bayer employees across America. And so we literally go into schools and we help kids with hands-on science experiments that we know piques their interest. You know, one of the sad things that we have found in a survey that we've done every couple of years for the last 20 years is that Kids particularly lose interest in the early school days, let, let's say in middle school. And of those students, um, girls lose more interest quicker and minorities lose um, interest even more so. And so the challenge of that is if they're in middle school and they're losing interest then, 
how when they get to the later years of their education can they actually find themselves in a way where they become the engineers or the mathematicians or the innovator. So we thought what a great opportunity to take, you know, what we believe in, which is science, bring it to the school base, get the kids excited, help help lift that spark, because you don't know what's going to actually going to spark the next kid. So, however, that being said, for this Alcaraca Challenge, she's a first African-American woman in space. She's been an ambassador for about 23 plus years. She's working with the executive editor of Scientific American and the president of the National Association of Rocketry. And so these four judges are going to help judge our Alka rocket finalists, and they're going to help decide who goes to the Kennedy Space Center to launch their rocket to hopefully win the prize money and hopefully break a record uh, in the Guinness World Records. You know, this is really, for many people, it's, it's, I think it's really a new, let me just call it a new excitement as we look towards the sciences, especially as we look towards the stars. Um, we're seeing it across the board. And, and I think that for somebody like me that was around sort of the early days of, oh my gosh, are we really going there? Are we really landing on there? Are we really doing that? Um, you know, it is a new excitement. And thanks to you and uh, what Bear is doing, we're, we're really having to continue to remind people of the importance of making science make sense. And I want to just tell everybody, makingsciencemakesense.com. I mean, it really has to be an opportunity for all. Doesn't this challenge really open up the door for that? And what is uh, Bear's overall commitment to making sure we don't forget how important this is? Dr. Pat, I appreciate you bringing up the commitment. Um, about three or four years ago, we, building upon our successful Making Science Make Sense program, we made a commitment to society that we were going to have one million new STEM engagements in America by the year 2020. One million. I'm happy to report, Dr. Pat, that we are just about reaching that goal as we speak, so we're going to beat it by well over a year and a half, and so we're going to exceed it significantly. And we're proud of that only because... These initiatives are being done by bare employees. I mean, th these are not just a bunch of folks we've hired to run around the countryside. No, these are full-time employees who are going into schools, who are going to state fairs, who are working with the 4-H and the FFA, and they're working with boys and girls clubs all across America to try and help them understand the importance of science. Because as you described, you know, the early days in, in the space race that I remember clearly as well as, as a child, I look to my own children and I want them to shoot for the stars. I want them to see what's the possibility that's out there. If we don't put the foundation in place for them, they'll never be able to achieve it. And so we're just excited to be a part of society trying to figure out how to help kids see the bright future that's in front of them and help them take those next leaps that'll hopefully do what you described earlier, which is, you know, sending, sending rockets into, into outer space to, to uh, lands we've never seen before, going deep exploration into the oceans. I mean, the opportunity is vast, but we have to make sure we're helping direct our kids and setting the foundation for them. Well, you know, one of the things I want to ask you is, as you uh, talk to so many people and as you're so far engaged in this, you know, what do you see, if I might ask you, what do you see as a major block uh, or challenge for us to really embed this in our culture? And, and what do you see as some of the ways that we can literally maintain and create a culture of not just highly qualified 
people, but people that are so engaged that they're excited to be part of science and math and all of the above. What I love the best about the role that I play for this great company is I, I'm allowed to be an ambassador to what you just described. The ability for for me to work with legislators all across this, this country of ours, both federal and state and local, to share the insights, to bring students directly to legislators, to help educate them on the need for more STEM education and more support in the STEM field, mm -hmm. to work with other corporations and uh, non-governmental organizations where we can partner together. Because I, I truly believe, and we believe as a company, no one organization can do it all. I mean, your, the ability to partner with like-minded institutions and organizations and people, I mean, that's what's going to solve it. This is a full societal challenge that we face. And if we don't band together to work together um, to continue to try and educate our, our youth and that there is a greater opportunity in front of you and that if you put your mind to it and you do your, you know, you, you, you study. I'm a father of three kids. And again, I look at my own kids and I think, what is their future going to look like if we don't put the proper foundation in place for them? <clears throat> Pardon me. So the opportunity we have is, is, is a big one. It's a big one. The challenge is big. The opportunity is bigger. And so talking with Dr. Pat, talking with someone like you who clearly understands and gets it, I want to thank you for your commitment to STEM and your commitment to the discussion because we need to bring this to the forefront of society. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's give people some, like I call it, nitty-gritty nitty, nitty information. First of all, what schools were participating in this? What, what is the winning prize? And how can we get people engaged here to go for it? Well, so we, we're proud that we have now 14 universities from across America that, that are in, in our final stages here that will be judged upon by the judges, and we'll bring it down to four, plus a fan favorite, which I'll talk about in a second. And we've got schools from the University of Minnesota, who is the, the ranking uh, winner from last year, Rutgers University, Auburn University, University of Georgia, California Polytech, right across the University of Florida, Oregon State, uh, Texas Tech, and we're really excited. All of these schools, you'll see information about them up on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash bear United States, all one word, because, you know, we're a global company, and yeah. we got to make sure we send folks to the right Facebook thing. So it's facebook.com slash bear United States, and you'll see the, the students, the teams, their rockets, uh, videos of them. It's very exciting. I mean, it's, you, you get, you'll get sucked into the page pretty quickly because uh, you'll see the energy and enthusiasm coming from these students. So we're, we're, we're pretty excited about what's coming, what's coming in front of us. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I think I'd be remiss in, in talking with you about is does our, our media slash uh, pop culture. Do, do, do we do enough in media around this? Because the reason I'm asking you this question is because certainly for us, we are launching a science channel, so to speak, here coming up next year for us. Um, but, but again, unless I hear from companies like you and doing something like this, we just don't hear enough about it. Um, what, what do you think we could do better in the media? And I don't take it personally, so go, you know, let me have it. <laughs> well, listen, as, as, a love, as a love of freedom of the press yep. and, and our journalists and as a longstanding member of the National Press Association yeah. annual gala dinner that I've been a member of for many years <laughs> and a supporter of the Farm Press Association, I believe the freedom of the press is one of the most important things we have in this country. Yeah. 
Um, There are so many things that I think the media has been asked to cover. I don't have to tell you the challenges are our press industry has faced with uh, with budget cuts and yep. other challenges like that. So I think as opposed to looking at it as what the media can do more of, I think it's the, again, I bring it back to what can we collectively do more of? What should corporations like, like Bayer and mm-hmm. others be doing to partner with institutions like uh, Scientific American, who's one of our partners in this in this particular yeah. challenge, we need to collectively work together to solve. This is not this is not a media challenge or problem. It's it's there's so many things I think on their plate that we have to show them the value of this brings. And this is why I come back to you know let's work together to solve the challenge. It, no one institution, no one news organization can do it. Collectively, we are way stronger. We've learned that when we were in kindergarten. We are way stronger together than we are separately. Wow. You know, Ray, thank you so much for today. I, I can't thank you enough for all that you do. Again, give out the website and uh, please, uh, personal message, what do you want to leave us with today? So, look, at the, at the end of the day, STEM education is something where we all as Americans need to focus our attention on. We need the next engineers, the next mathematicians, the next scientists to help us live a longer, healthier lives. So we're going to have fun on, on December 12th at Kennedy Space Center, launching some rockets, bringing some attention to STEM. So I ask your listeners to please go to facebook.com slash bear, B-A-Y-E-R, United States, all together, one, one word. And you'll be able to vote on your favorite school. Your, maybe your alma mater's in there. Maybe a school of interest is in there for you. And the fan favorite will join the four others selected by our judges, and they'll launch some rockets. They'll win some prize money. They'll hopefully get a, a space, and the, they break a record, and they get this worker world record. And at the end of the day, we'll have some fun doing it, but the attention is about the actual challenge, which is more interest in STEM education in the United States. Awesome. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, we have liftoff, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back.